0: This is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast. This Doom Travelers podcast is brought to you by Hipsters of the Coast, your destination for magic news, strategy, and entertainment. And by Cast Haven, where you can build your magic collection like a pro. Visit Casthaven.com for more information. You
1: guys ready? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Welcome, yeah. welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Doom Travelers, where we play Destiny and talk about Magic: The Gathering. This week,
2: collectible card game of strategy and
1: imagination. Yes, that's that's the one. Not to be confused with any other Magic: The Gathering, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> this <laughs> week we're gonna. This week, uh, Matt Jones and I are going to be jamming some Prison of Elders, uh, and we are going to be joined by Dave McCoy and Brendan McNamara to talk about Magic Origins, uh, and a little bit of a new segment we have. That's a new regular segment we have on the show, which I think you'll all be excited about later. Um, but first magic origins uh, a little bit of not spoilers uh, but some uh, a few minor spoilers and some mostly story spoilers coming out over the past week or two uh, about the future of magic storytelling and uh, you know the magic origin stories in general uh, with some focus on uh, Chandra Nalar Um and uh, to get things started, we'll go around and uh, question this week is what Lorwyn reprint would you most be excited for to show up in uh, Magic Origin since we know that Lorwyn will be a plane we're returning to? So BMAC, why don't you kick us off? Uh, if, you, if you don't know a card from Lorwyn, that's, <laughs> that's also an acceptable answer. I know cards <laughs> from Lorwyn. Does Shadowmoor count too, or is it just Lorwyn? Yes, uh, Shadowmoor counts as well. We're gonna we're gonna say Shadowmoor counts as well because uh, why well, not? That's... They're technically the same plane. Well, like, a number of the really sweet
3: cards just got reprinted in Modern Masters 2015. So yeah, because I was gonna say like Leaf Liege.
1: Right. Or... So let's say let's say yeah anything that was M15 uh, Modern Masters 15 reprint. Uh, we'll say is not going to be reprinted in Standard. So, uh,
3: How about Doran?
1: Doran the Siege Tower. I, oh, I've man. been
3: thinking about that because I like to play Affinity in Modern, and <laughs> Doran is like the absolute worst card to see if you're playing with cranial plating. <laughs> it's <laughs> cranial plating into nothing, and like you can't That kill is it. a
1: great point. Oh, man. But nobody
3: plays Doran anymore in Modern. I guess it's
2: not good enough. There I was a little od- time when
1: I did. It was really fun.
2: You had some crazy turns, but it wasn't I think so. the
1: odds of a legendary three-color creature appearing in what's essentially still the core set uh, are pretty seems, slim.
3: Seems low. Okay, well, let's uh, get Treefolk Harbinger.
1: <laughs> there you go. So that you can uh, tutor up some Treefolk, yeah. which I'm sure there will be tons of in Zendikar. Okay. Dave McCoy, Dave McCoy, you... Uh, we're not around for Lorwyn.
0: No, I had not uh, been constructed yet. Yeah, you uh, weren't quote unquote. born.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and you haven't been programmed to be backwards compatible either. Nope. Nope. <laughs>
0: right. right. I'll, tell, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they did program me to do though. They programmed me to go to TCG Player and sort the the Lorwyn set by price. Nice. And, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, there are a lot of confusing cards in Lorwyn. Like, what the yeah. hell is Rings of Bright? bright hearth oh my god a 20 (laughs) dollars rare artifact thank you commander
1: ring Uh, yeah exactly but uh, uh, rings can copy planeswalker abilities yes apparently
0: it can but uh (laughs) teague uh is probably by far the most uh
1: oh that would be
0: on this uh, on this page what a card yourself as bonesy yeah well i mean i know i mean bonesy as in like bones ish Oh Teague is a sweet card. Could you yeah.
1: could you imagine Gaddock Teague and Siege Rhino in the same standard environment? Uh,
0: that's uh, pretty sick. I'm not gonna. And
1: Treefall Harbinger is your three drop. Yeah,
0: you know what's, yes. You know what's great about Gaddock Teague though? You can't play Wrath because all the Wraths are
1: no spells. Yeah, no Wrath. I like that. Uh, you could play. You Gatt- could play uh,
3: uh, Deathbringer Regent. Yeah, you could play Deathbringer Regent. I was thinking about how how they should like like the decks to play... Uh, what is it, Court of Calling should should put that in. <laughs> right.
1: Oh yeah, no, uh, no X spells either, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. Teague yeah, is such a Griefer card too. It's oh great. my god. It makes right.
0: you feel good on the inside.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. Very death in Texas.
1: Matt, did you ever uh, have a chance to play uh, with Lorwin when it was around? Or Shadowmore?
2: Uh, I, um, back when I was an active alcoholic, I played a bunch of Lorwin, but don't remember much of it due to aforementioned alcoholic.
1: Right. Uh,
2: uh, but I do love this one card called Slippery Boggle. I don't know if you guys have of heard course. of it. Of course. I'm sorry, I, I, only, I I only know love... it by the German name. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is that? <laughs> Schlupfriger Boots. <laughs> um, I just, I would love to see them butcher the artwork and make it look terrible uh, and really dynamic and very extreme, like they tend to do with re rearch can we give it a scarf oh yeah. my god if only it had a scarf
1: oh my god <laughs> as exciting as exciting as boggle would be i have a feeling we're not going to get uh uh any uh, hybrid uh yeah. mana costs in that a course that unfortunately yeah. because boggle would be a great reprint for sure um but Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, Lorwyn, uh, I played regularly. Lorwyn might actually be the block where I was playing the most regularly. Um, And I was a huge fan of Chameleon Colossus. Um,
2: Oh, yeah, that card's cool.
1: Changeling, unfortunately, is not a mechanic likely to return to the core set either, but I could also see it being like a one of for a rare. Uh, Well, they did
3: reprint Mutavault last two years ago. That's true. That is which is different. not technically a changeling, I don't
1: think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Even though yeah, it has guess, all abilities, I guess technically it's not a changeling, but it kind of is. Yeah, is a sweet card. Um. Yeah, I think uh, Chameleon Colossus. Sorry, I'm trying to kill this Hallowed Knight. Uh,
3: in the <sighs> Maybe they'll of... reprint the Filter Lands.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, those are worth a fortune.
3: Yeah, those are like. Those are the sort of things that you want one or two of in a lot of modern decks and you're in like you'll say, Oh, do I have all the cards for this deck? And you'll go through and you'll say, Oh, I have fifty-nine of sixty. I don't have a Twilight Mire.
1: Oh, that costs forty dollars. <laughs> you know? And you're just like, What? That would actually I you know, I can't see uh obviously I can't see all ten of them showing up, right? No. But like maybe the Allied colored filter lands. Uh but then, you know, the, yeah, the, fil- the Filterlands were uh, uh, not Lorwyn, right? They were Shadowmoor and Eventide. Um, but, I mean, then again, we, I mean, for all we know, maybe there'll be Shadowmoor and Eventide cards. Maybe there won't be. So anyways, yeah, uh, Origins. They announced the ten planes that will be featured uh, in Origins. Um, one, uh, two for each planeswalker uh, where they were born. Uh, and the first world that they planeswalked to. Uh, and a lot of these are planes that we know of. Um, and some of them are very exciting. I think uh, the one that, uh, surprisingly to some people, and not surprisingly to others, got the most uh, fan response was that Liliana, uh, of, of the Vale fame, uh, was born on Dominaria. Uh, for those of you who uh, were also constructed sometime around the same time as Dave. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dominaria is the world where the first uh, 10 years of magic game story took place, uh, from the Brothers' War featuring Urza uh, and Mishra, uh, all the way through to the Apocalypse, uh, which saw the death of Urza uh, and the destruction of Yogmoth. Uh, and then the Odyssey story, uh, and Onslaught, which is the story of Akroma uh, and uh, Xedron and Jessica. Uh, all of those stories took place on Dominaria. It's a massive world. Uh, it, it served as like the Middle Earth of magic until, uh, at uh, some point, they decided that it would be uh, more productive to move to a model like Star Wars. Uh, where the worlds were smaller, the planes were smaller and more focused, and we would travel to a new one uh, every world. And that started with Mirrodin, uh, with the metal world, uh, and it was followed up by Kamigawa and Ravnica. Uh, And after Ravnica, we traveled back to Dominaria for the time spiral, uh, which was the retconning of planeswalkers uh, when they fixed all the planeswalker abilities and made them less.
0: What's retconning?
1: Uh, so they went back and they retroactively corrected oh, okay. uh, what they wanted uh, a planeswalker to be. Yes. Um, they didn't want them to be these crazy immortal creatures anymore. They wanted them to be relatable because, you know, you and I as players, we are planeswalkers, uh, but we're not these crazy immortal gods. Um, so that was, uh, and they, they introduced the new style of planeswalkers with Venser. Uh, Venture was the one, and uh, that story gave us a lot of deaths. Uh, Frey Elise died, Lord Wingrace died, uh, Tevish Svat died. Um, these are all characters from the old Dominaria story, and after the time spiral, everything was better. We had new planeswalkers, all of the old planeswalkers were changed. Um, and since then, and that was 2008, and we have not returned to Dominaria since. So this isn't technically a full return to Dominaria. Uh, there'll be a slight focus on it, um, and yeah, that's exciting. I guess that's exciting for me, because the bulk of Magic I played, uh, and I, I think Matt, you also played a lot uh, when you were younger, uh, your first time around, uh, so you probably remember uh, plenty of that from Dominaria, yeah?
0: Well, we, we lost Matt. Uh, he, oh uh, no we lost his, his computer his computer died he said he'll be back in a sec all
1: right so uh, but he cons- was so
3: verklemped by going back to dominaria you know, <laughs> disconnected.
0: yeah i mean like from what i remember as a kid like i think i like played nemesis and something else i don't know i just remember wrath and i remember um the planet of mercadian masks which was like upside down mountains and stuff like that
1: mercadia yeah
0: were those not part of dominaria
1: they are so to give you guys the quick history lesson wrath was an artificial not an artificial plane but wrath was a plane that yawgmoth uh basically abused and uh used it to invade uh dominaria so basically, Urza had protected Dominaria from massive invasions by Phyrexians. They were able to break through in like small places, um, but ultimately Urza would cut them off. So Yagmash's brilliant plan was he uh, invaded this plane called Wrath, uh, which is the Mercadia Nemesis story, uh, and what he did was he devised a way to merge Wrath the plane with Dominaria, and that's the uh, that's the block called Invasion. Uh, so the Invasion that's in the set Invasion is the start of the war where Urz- uh, Yagma started to send Phyrexians through portals, uh, and then the second set of that block is called Plane Shift, and that was when Wrath was overlaid with uh, Dominaria. Uh, and in theory Wrath no longer exists uh, because it's part of Dominaria now. Uh, and then the apocalypse was the destruction of Urza and Yawgmoth, the mutually assured destruction. Sure. Uh, so that is Wrath. And uh, fun, funny tidbit, people keep asking Mark Rosewater if we'll ever return to Rabia, which is the uh, Arabian Nights-inspired uh, plane. Uh, and he said on Tumblr over the weekend that it would be more likely that they would unsplit Wrath. From dominaria and return to wrath before they ever went back to arabia so to give you an idea of how likely it is that we'll ever get another arabian night story uh, never but anyways i don't want to i don't want to dwell on dominaria for too long because there are nine other planes uh that were revealed uh so liliana uh born on dominaria her first planeswalk was uh, not surprisingly to innistrad um And I think this is going to be a very interesting story here because we know that Liliana is actually very old. Um, And uh, so her story of traveling to – of being on uh, Dominaria is going to take place at some point in Dominaria's past, possibly uh, before – the we know before the time rifts were sealed. So it could be, it's not going to be as far back as Urza, but it will likely be during the Jessica story. Um, so we'll get that, and then we'll get to see Innistrad from uh, like a thousand years ago, possibly before uh, Griselbrand and uh, Avicen were sealed inside the Hel- Hell Vault. Uh, so we're going to get to see a slightly different uh, kind of Innistrad. Um, Gideon. Uh, we're going to get the story of Gideon's origin in Theris um, and his first uh, travel. Uh, I can't recall off the top of my head now. Do you guys remember uh, what Gideon's first jump was?
0: No idea. I'm sure it's um, somewhere. But...
1: It, was, uh, it was in the links I, I sent out but uh, moving on real quick. Jace, of course, is a very exciting one. Uh, Jace comes from a plane called Vryn, uh, which is like a ring... some kind of weird ring world. Uh, and, uh... Oh, yeah. oh, no, I'm dying. I don't want to die. Ah, oh, shit. It's
0: alright. Maybe Jace will save you when he planeswalks to Ravnica.
1: <laughs> That's right. That is where <laughs> Jace, Jace... Not surprisingly, he's, he's when we first meet Jace in the stories, he's already on Ravnica. Um... So Jace goes to Ravnica. Um, Who else? Who's the... Oh, Chandra. Uh, We'll get to Chandra last. Um, Nissa starts on uh, Zendikar, uh, and she travels to Lorwyn, um, which is uh, going to be very exciting for people who are a fan of Lorwyn. Um, Lorwyn's one of those planes that uh, tested very poorly. Uh, People were not... uh, Hugely fond of Lorwyn uh, when it came out, uh, and that's mostly because the execution of the set was uh, left a lot to be desired. Uh, but it does have a lot of very devoted fans who are going to be very excited uh, to get new Lorwyn stories of any.
0: Gideon, uh, by the way, planes walk a bant of all places.
1: Bant! Oh my gosh, it's that is unf- a full plane. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that'll also be a story that took place uh, before the Alara story that we're familiar with. So it's going to be really cool to see some of these places uh, again uh, in kind of a time-travel-y way. Uh, do any of them excite you uh, terribly much, uh, guys? Dave? I,
0: I have no very little connection to any of these. Yeah. So
1: it'd be cool I mean, to play
0: the is always cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Innistrad was such a flavorful place. Yeah, I
3: like Innistrad a lot.
1: And it's just, you know, Dominaria,
3: that was the big thing is that Magic moved away from Dominaria. And this is the first time that we actually get to go back. And so that's cool.
1: Yeah, it's a thing that a lot of people, a lot of people are really excited for. Um. So, so Chandra, I want to talk about briefly, and uh, I, I wrote a lot about this topic. But uh, so Chandra's from um, uh, uh, a plane that is a steampunk plane uh, called, uh, Col- <laughs> yeah, that's that
2: sounds the one. like
1: a Thanks, Matt Jones. Man. Thanks, Matt. Steampunk. Uh, <laughs> Uh, But it's called uh, Kalapur, I think? Kaladesh. 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 Oh, and the city she comes from is uh, Garapur. Um, Girapur. So uh, it's a very uh, Indian world, uh, and it is the steampunk world that Matt Wizards has been uh, (laughs) hinting at for quite some time, and uh, a lot of artwork was released for it. Um, And it looks like a mix between uh, India... Uh, Venice, uh, and uh, Russia, Uh, because the architecture is, uh, interestingly, it is clearly uh, Indian architecture, uh, but the colors are very uh, Russian, so it's got a lot of vibrant uh, color in the buildings, uh, which is fascinating to me. Uh, So that'll be interesting. Uh, Chandra's story came out, uh, so they'll be releasing these, uh, it seems, on a... Uh, weekly basis now for Uncharted Realms uh, where we'll get uh, one Planeswalker story a week. Uh, so the first one was Chandra. Uh, did you guys get a chance to read the Chandra story? No?
2: I, I read part of it, but it's way too long and it was really poorly written, so I... It.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is very long. It's a uh, the, the the TLDR is that uh, sh- she's a rebellious child, shockingly. No way. Uh, and her parents are master inventors, but her parents are also rebellious. Uh, and they are fighting against the uh, evil empire, uh, essentially, called the consulate or something. Um, and they're trying to sneak energy, power sources, to the underground movement. Uh, so Chandra is a carrier, uh, a courier of sorts, uh, for, this, for her parents. Uh, and she gets caught by some guards, uh, and her pyromantic powers manifest... Uh, So her family goes into exile. Uh, They're hunted down. Her parents are executed in front of her. She's brought back to the capital to be publicly humiliated before being executed. Uh, And as the executioner is going to end her uh, existence, she planeswalks away to Ragatha. Uh, Ragatha. Does
0: does the story explain how this Irish family ended up in India?
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, it does not. Uh, it does a they, very they poor job. They stowawayed on a boat from from uh, England. Are we fighting Atheon?
3: <laughs> no, it's a guy
1: like Atheon.
3: I mean, it looks a lot like Atheon. It sounds like Ch- Chandra sounds a lot like uh, the classic Ridia from Final Fantasy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I could I could spend another half hour just complaining about this whole thing, uh, but I wrote about it. So if you're interested in more about this, you can. Uh, check out my column from Monday. Yeah, Uh, go read about it. Yeah, uh, but the long story short is, I mean, Chandra is the name of the uh, Hindi god of the moon. Uh, All the names are Indian. It's a very, I mean, to be fair, Wizards did a great job of building a world that is clearly inspired by Indian culture and uh, should be very inclusive of Indian culture. And then they made the main characters all white. Uh, so I guess we'll see if they can, uh, worm their way out of that one. Uh, Doug Byer, uh, put out a non-apology, uh, where he said, oh, we'll just wait and see what the rest of the plane is like before you pass judgment. Uh, but I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty quick to pass judgment, so. <laughs> yeah, um, well, makes <laughs> you a
3: good writer. It's,
1: it's part of the whole, like, <laughs>
3: anime world of all the characters are just made super white looking
1: right exactly you know what the funniest part of it is like even the guards like the soldiers who go to execute her family and capture her, them and bring her back and kill her even the guards like even the soldiers were white and I was talking to Sarah about it and I was like you know it's really bad when even the enemies aren't like even yeah. the villain wasn't ethnic
0: so they didn't even yeah. do the Aladdin trick and make as you get eviler and eviler you get darker and have a stronger accent
1: Right, no, nothing. Yeah, it was really... The
0: thing that's crazy to me
3: is, like, you could think that, oh, well, they made Chandra, you know, eight years ago, and they didn't realize how much they wanted to open the game up to representing various cultures. Right. And so now they've come up with a way to sort of retrofit it and but they're stuck with this character. Except for Chandra Nalar is so obvious. Such an like, Indian
1: right yeah, like,
3: <laughs> like they had this from the beginning. It isn't a matter of them trying to add it on. It's right. just, it,
1: it yeah, it really seems like from day one they were like, Okay, she's Indian. And then the first guy who drew her was like Pyromancer, got it. Redhead. Can't like can't draw a redhead with uh, dark skin.
0: I, I don't know. You They're, know, like <laughs> Sh- Chandra Nalara could be, I guess, maybe a Welsh name.
1: No, maybe. there's not a, there's not enough vowels for it to be Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Welsh okay. would it, it would also be obvious if it was a Welsh name. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll make her fight Darcy. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, uh, Yoga
3: uh, Flame! That would
1: be, <laughs> be so good. That would be fantastic. Oh, man. But, yeah, so, I mean, uh, let's I'm, – I'm, I'm hoping that the other four origin stories are a little more interesting. Um, I believe that next week we're going to get uh, the Liliana story. Um, I know we're excited for that one. I know Curtis is excited for that one. Uh, make sure on Friday you check out um, Planeswalker's Guide to Earth, uh, Curtis's article. Uh, check out last week's. He talked about pyromancy, uh, which is really great. Um, we are trying to kill this Atheon-looking dude. Is he v- even close to dead? Nope. Oh, my God. I'm just close to dead. So anyways, let's get to our new weekly segment. I'm really excited about this. Uh, our new weekly segment. It'll be almost weekly, maybe like half, like like maybe two-thirds of the year. Uh, but the, the segment is called Who Fucking Cheated at the Grand Prix This Weekend? <laughs>
0: wow. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Let, let, me, let me get the music I queued up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now continue.
1: <laughs> but this is our new segment. So so this weekend is Grand Prix uh, Charlotte, uh, and, and the format is modern, uh, which is also known as the cheater's favorite format. Um, it's a very popular format for cheating, apparently. Um, but uh, Brendan, why don't you uh, give us a quick rundown of what went down uh, at GP Charlotte?
3: So one of the players who made the top eight His name is Wesley C. I was playing Blue-Red Splinter Twin. And interestingly, one of the reasons why you would play Blue-Red Splinter Twin over a lot of people play Grixis or uh, Teamer Twin is that you have more versatility in your lands. So you can play cards like Tesla Lighthouse that let you search up things. And you can also play cards like Tectonic Edge and other colorless type lands that are hard to play in three-color decks. And it turned out people noticed uh, during the semifinals, or maybe it was the quarterfinals, in the top eight they're watching him play, and he has Cavern of Souls in play. And people thought, "Hmm, that's weird. Did he really play Cavern of Souls in his deck?" And it turns out, no, he played Tectonic Edge, but he like he, I assume that he intentionally was switching them out based on which one he thought was better, and which would be blatant cheating, and would. Presumably, caused him to be disqualified and not get to go to the Pro Tour that he just qualified for by top aiding a three thousand person GP. It's possible wow. that he just got confused about the difference between Tectonic Edge and Cavern of Souls. Oh yeah,
1: I mean, it's, seems, seems it's very a, hard to believe. They're such similar cards, uh, and in so
3: that. yeah, and so they discovered this. I guess yeah, he was on the quarterfinals. They showed him a little bit. People on the Twitch chat were like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no way that he made that Cavern of Souls. Um, and then they, they searched, they checked his deck and did this before the finals because he made the finals. And so he got a game lost to start the finals because they checked his deck and he had an early, a card that wasn't registered. And so he was oh playing God. against elves in the finals and lost the second game after automatically losing the first game. So the finals of Grand Prix Charlotte was one game long.
1: Good Uh, lord.
3: Which is a huge embarrassment. It's Especially because ninth place was Patrick Chapin playing a Grixis control deck that you know everyone wanted to see. Tenth place was Paul Rietzel playing like a Naya Zoo collected company deck that everyone wanted to see. And neither of them made it in because of tiebreakers because this was like a 3,000 person GP. And instead we got to watch the finals marred by someone who lost a game for cheating now it's possible that he didn't actually intentionally cheat but i find that really hard to believe but we'll, we'll wait and see
1: was it was was the cavern uh on his sideboard and he was just pre-boarding or was it just like nowhere in his 75
3: i believe it was not anywhere in his 75 wow. um yeah he was supposed to have a tech edge and he had I don't know, like, my guess is that he probably would switch them back and forth, because there's, you know, if you get paired against Tron, if you know your opponent's playing a deck where tech edge is useful, then right. you would want the tech edge. But if you know you're playing a mirror match, you know, against another twin deck or some other blue deck, then Cavern is sure. great. And I remember, yeah. I noticed seeing that, like, I wasn't, I wasn't fully watching all of the top eight, but I was doing other things and had it on. And looking over at some point, because they had... It was... he. This guy, Wesley C., played Sam Pardee in the quarterfinals, and they both were playing Blue-Red Twin. And that... Having that land, like, was actually relevant that he had out a, a Cavern of Souls. And I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, that's really interesting. Cavern of Souls is smart... A smart card to play if you're expecting a lot of Twin Mirrors. Good
1: lord... <laughs>
3: Little did oh, we
1: know. Man. Yeah, that's well, that's pretty. One. <clears throat> that's uh, I, I mean honestly, that I, I hope like you said that he gets the DQ, um, and that they don't give this guy a trip to the pro tour, um, because that's just unreal.
0: Yeah, I mean it's great to have two consecutive modern GPS have uh, cheaters make the finals and then lose in the finals (laughs) Mm -hmm. I guess if there's any justice in this world they at least they lost but uh, yeah
3: yeah, it's so hard to believe that he's on he's in day two you know you submit your deck list on day one and you know I suppose it's remotely possible that you could just write down the wrong land and forget but that is really hard to do and it seems like you
0: email in your deck lists so like it's entirely possible that he could copy and paste a list um yeah but i mean like his list but it wasn't you know but yeah it's possible but i mean mean, i'm
1: assuming not but like did they search him and like find some tectonic edges in his back pocket or something like
0: (laughs) were there any blues in his lap (laughs) right oh my
1: god uh it's 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 you know it's 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 starting to get more and more embarrassing especially like you said dave like it's it's now consecutive modern grand prix um yeah. Um, and I just
3: don't believe someone who is plays well enough to make the top 8 of this GP in a very difficult field. I I find it very hard to believe that it could be like oh it's I just didn't realize that I sent in the wrong deck list.
1: Right. And, <laughs> like like I mean, they didn't check They didn't check their list before day 2. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's really you know, it's tough because like obviously we can't deck check everyone in a 3000 player tournament. But,
0: you can in the top uh,
1: eight, though. You can well, in the that's, top that's eight. you crazy thing right.
3: is, is that my experience, I haven't made the top eight in GP, but you know, when I've made top eights of constructed events, the judges have always deck-checked everyone before the top eight started.
1: Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like PTQ, like the old PTQs mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, yep. Yeah, no, those were always, always. So, well, and it's so, embarrassing, uh, and hopefully Wizard's Take does something about it. Yeah. Well, and if they
3: did check his deck... And he had the right deck with the tech edges, and then he switched them out. Then that's even worse. Very strong evidence of cheating, but we'll I, see. I
1: feel like I feel like if they know he had the tech edges, so if they if they investigate, which I'm assuming they will, yeah. and they know he had the tech edges and was pre boarding with cards that weren't even in his seventy five, then <clears throat> I can't imagine he gets anything less than a six month ban. Uh, along with uh, forfeiture of everything he won at Grand Prix Charlotte. So, hopefully Wizards doles out justice. Uh, that's, that, that's it for our new segment, Who Cheated at the Grand Prix this week. Yeah, Tune in uh, next
0: week for Who Cheated at Providence playing yep. Standard, or right. even more likely, Who Cheated in Copenhagen playing Modern. We'll uh, look yes. forward to our third Modern <laughs> GP with a uh, top eight and finals featuring somebody cheating. Oh man! Also, Europeans cheat more.
1: That's just a fact. Ooh hold ooh. on! Didn't
0: didn't Ben Stark say something about the Portuguese? I don't know. Oh is Portugal god. in Europe. I just meant yeah. Europe,
2: Copenhagen. Oh my god!
1: I feel <laughs> like I feel like that's the that's the right moment to uh, figure out how to. Uh, man, is there is there a way I can uh, use uh, Cavern of Souls to turn off the stream? No,
0: it, it, no. <laughs> Cavern of Souls I, naming Twitch. Hey, Guardians. Thanks for tuning in to the Doom Travelers podcast. You can find more at DoomTravelers.com. Or follow at Doom Travelers on Twitter for show updates and other nonsense. Make sure to subscribe to Hipsters TV on YouTube for videos of our previous episodes. And don't forget that you can find audio only versions of the Doom Travelers podcast on iTunes. For your host, Rich Stein, and Matt the Obliterator Jones, I'm David Bones McCoy. See you next time.